Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slushroom, the editor at the GRC Institute, and today we have with us our CEO, Naomi Burley. Hi, Naomi. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Kwame? Not too bad. Um, and we are looking forward to Compliance Professional Month, which will be October. And today we're going to be talking about our first event, well, not our specific event, but an event that we are a part of, um, an event connected to the International Federation of Compliance Associations, um, which is dealing, looking at compliance in the era of global complexity. So, Naomi, let's talk about this conference. Um, when is it? <laughs> when is it? Right. So this is going to kick off our Compliance Professionals Month. Um, it is being live streamed on the 4th, 5th and 6th of October. It's all in all different time zones over those three days and we've lobbied very hard to get something that was Sydney friendly. So apologies to everyone in Perth, but it'll be a little bit friendlier for you too probably. Um, And day two is going to be on our timeline. So we're switching between uh, UK time, Australian time and um, Washington DC time for day three but they'll all be available to be recorded later on as well as if you want to watch it and and you're asleep at the time. (laughs) And so the the theme is a really interesting one, compliance in the era of global complexity. I'm sure everybody can say, well, yes, things are getting pretty complicated in many different ways. Uh, But why, how did this theme come about? I guess uh, one of the things when we're talking about an international federation of compliance associations with 12 members from around the globe, and genuinely with um, with global reach in a lot of the organisations that their members represent, we are looking at the themes that will connect everyone as a profession. And so that's when we came up with this complexity. So everyone is facing very, very similar challenges. We identified through the workshops that we developed to come up with the topics. And we're all connected by technology as well as you know, organisational structures, even being international. So we found that there were a lot of commonalities when we were workshopping it and, um, you know, changes in business models are global. Everything moves so quickly that if in one country, it, it's not unique to one country that a business will be will be structured around cyber, for instance. And so while regulation may vary on a local basis, the challenges more broadly for constructing a framework and assessing risks are very much shared if that makes sense. There's still the same kind of business challenges that both the regulator, if you're regulated um, locally in in that respect, and and the compliance and the business are trying to um, mitigate against. So we felt that there were lots and lots and lots of commonalities in that that complexity. And and compliance professionals have so many balls in the air. That was the one thing that we we acknowledged is that although we may have we may think we have a very well defined role, when I talk to members and when our fellow associations talk to members, they're um they're juggling a lot of extra roles within an organization and taking on board responsibility for disseminating a lot of messages that we say, yes, it should come from the leadership, but on a day-to-day basis, it's being repeated by the compliance function or compliance are now having to answer and give advice on the complex challenges in because even though someone might be wanting to participate in a new business model or business activity, they don't understand it themselves. So they always bat off to compliance and risk to try and answer those questions, assuming they can. So 
it's a lot of hats that compliance people have to have on. So that's where our complexity came from, basically. It's how do you prioritise anything? That's that's my big question and a question I get from a lot of members is there's so much coming at you. How do you actually figure out what your priorities are? Yeah. Well, in an attempt, I think, to simplify complexity, <laughs> you guys, everyone came, I think you came up with a number of, you and the rest of the IFCA came up with a number of themes um, over the three days, the 4th, 5th and 6th of October. So, so what are some of those topics um, that will be tackled on those days? We did. Everything kind of fell into some really logical three-day patterns. So the first day is around that core of compliance and what you are delivering as a compliance professional and what your particular challenges are within the profession. So we tried to stay, you know, on that principle base on the first day. So that's where we're talking about what complexity theory is. And again, launching off that whole theme with thinking about how you do that dance with chaos that you're doing all the time with complexity and in compliance. Um, and then I uh, the usual compliance return on investment, especially going into a potential economic downturn. It's how you keep emphasising what you contribute in line to and, you know, what compliance is. We have to perennially keep explaining those messages to organisations because we have changes in staff, you have changes in boards and directors, and some of them some of them understand that value proposition and some of them still think compliance is an, is an administrative function that can be done by other people and they don't quite understand what it is you do. Um, so it's 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 drawing out the lessons globally um, and from really experienced compliance professionals that we wouldn't be able to access to speak at a local event, how they've done it um, with bigger organisations. So we think that's a really valuable addition to the program. Um, and then, you know, that whole working smarter, working with complexity, um, where we've got to get quite sophisticated and and that evolution of compliance we've discussed it a lot locally but it's a shared theme internationally as well is that um once upon a time doing a risk assessment was you know plotting it somewhere on a heat map now that we know a lot more about compliance risk um conduct all the pieces that play into that and culture uh, it's a different exercise that you undertake. You might even have real world data on those so you can assess them a lot more effectively and in a more sophisticated way as well as monitoring. And um, and so we're, uh, we're talking about those level of sophistication that the profession is going to as well on day one. Um, and then, you know, technology and compliance, which again has become the new perennial topic. How can you use it? How can you prepare for those projects? Um, how can you be strategic about using technology and how can you have confidence in the technology you use for your, for your compliance framework? Um, and then day two, the, the big buzzwords around social li licence and ESG, it's not just Australia. Obviously, that's using that terminology. It's a global phenomenon. Um, if I can use that phrase in, in regard to ESG, but some there, there are lots of really interesting lessons for Australian participants in this conference because there are some countries where regulators have gone ahead of everywhere else globally and have started to provide some guidance around what they think you should be looking at in ESG. Um, for And then in some other regions like Australia, it's conversations around greenwashing. But at the end of the day, We've got this new thing called ESG. It's got to sit somewhere and someone's got to actually look after the obligations. So it's having that uh, really mature discussion around who should be looking after it, how it's best looked after. Are there any lessons to be learnt from our international partners here as well? 
Um, so ESG is a really hot topic. Conduct risk and ethics. I think we're seeing a real merging internationally, whereas once upon a time, we used to talk about our US counterparts and some of our European counterparts having an ethics officer um, versus a compliance officer or ethics was how they talked about compliance. Now I think we're getting down to the whole recognition that there is there are ethics, um, but there's personal ethics and then there's conduct and then there's culture. So all these things playing into each other. It's not as simple as saying it's just an ethical discussion. So we're having, having those um, included on the program as well as having some culture discussions, which branch out into... Can diversity and inclusion and all those kinds of topical things that are happening globally help us achieve our compliance culture objectives as well and, and including that and, and how that could help us? Um, corruption is another one that falls in on that social licensing day. It could, could fall in on day three, but we decided to pop it into day two because, again, this is something that, um, like conduct risk, can be tackled um, quite often through cultural activities and through how you talk about how you behave within your organisation, um, as well as some as some obvious other risk controls that are in there. I think that that's another important topic, again, for um, our Australian participants to be listening in on because, uh, because of the global reach of their organisations, because of the global reach of how we do businesses, because of the trends for outsourcing um, some, to third parties who may be located overseas in some of your high-risk countries. And we no longer have the excuse of being naive around um, the incidences of corruption that can occur and how it can occur. Um, a bit like modern slavery, we know a lot more so we can do better. Um, and then day three is around those specialised compliance and global challenges. And again, it's one of those things where in some regions, um, AML, for instance, is something that everyone has to be across. And in other regions, it gets to be a specialised field within compliance uh, as well. But the contribution that we can make to all compliance professionals from the learnings from that it is really valuable. Um, but one of the things we are we are tackling on that that last day is around um, technology, fintech compliance, cryptocurrencies, um, NFTs, and all those conversations where tech becomes your business model uh, and where it's it's a whole new language for compliance professionals to even understand. So, you know, once upon a time, you could kind of move into compliance because you'd worked in a bank or you'd worked in a particular industry or sector and you understood it really well and that helped you really understand marrying up your obligations with your risks because you knew how the business operated. Now, when we're all moving into new territories for things that are being invented and explored and we have no data on what the risks are, it's a whole new world for everybody, um, but most especially compliance because you might not have had any professional exposure to, um, to blockchain or cryptocurrency um, or the metaverse ever before. Um, so that's that's kicking off day three. Then we're going to be talking about global regulatory trends because it's always useful to kind of pull into that pulse point. We know that regulators do it. They all meet and discuss internationally how they're all handling these challenges because they recognise their common challenges. So we'll be having some, some panels on there. Um, and, you know, the eternal debate of are we over-regulated um, why are we overregulated? Is there something proactively that organisations can do about overregulation? 
and and members know I've got particular views about that. Um, uh, but it'll be interesting to hear from an international perspective because there are some some countries where it's a necessary evil as an intermediary process to get them up to the level of maturity business-wise that other inter that other countries are at. So it's an interesting debate. Um, and then we close off with AML, which is definitely, as we all know, an international concern um, and uh, observing some of the trends from overseas, which is, again, always valuable to our members, and finishing off with cybersecurity and data privacy, which, which again, is handled differently in different regions. But as we all know, um, our privacy regulators looking at how it's being handled internationally and bringing some of those ideas back to Australia. So um, there are lots and lots of lessons to be learned. Right, excellent. And, you know, there was a nice long list of stuff there, but is there anything out of that long list you think might be a particular interest to Australian uh, might be popping in um, to, to catch a bit of the IFCA conference? I think very definitely around that ESG space. Uh, we've talked a lot about, and our regulators have talked a lot about greenwashing of, of um, claims we make about financial products. I know that a lot of our members' entities are jumping on um, ESG as a market differentiator, but there are risks to doing that that compliance needs to be across. So having a little look at how that has played out in Ireland in particular is definitely a value to our members um, and where their regulator has stepped in already and given a bit more direction around that. Um, I think there's lots of lessons to be learned. I think that all of the all of the international and crypto and cybersecurity topics are definitely of interest because if it's being uh, if those kinds of risks are being realised in other regions, they're very definitely being realised here. We are not isolated on any of those topics here because um, everyone seems to be on the same playing field in regard to how their regulators are trying to tackle it and uh, and how um, it's working in their countries and how organisations need to tackle it themselves. So there's a little bit of proactivity involved in those risks because um, I don't think we'll see any region producing particularly prescriptive regulation around it because those risks move so quickly. So it's it's too hard for the regulator to keep up as well. So they're going to keep high level, which mm. means that you need to cover all your bases. So it's definitely worth hearing what's going on in other countries and how they're tackling that and what's common. Um, and, you know, the IFCA conference is an opportunity to get access to speakers that we couldn't access um, here in Australia, as well as a sort of collective learning of, of how these things work um, and and the challenges and how those challenges have been met and whether whether the mitigation strategies that have, that have been put in place overseas have worked for them and whether there's anything we can take out of that. Yeah. No, you know, and if anyone's listening to this podcast and they're wondering, well, is this is this conference for me? Should I be jumping in, you know, who who is this directed towards really? This is directed to all levels of compliance professionals. I guess we've tried to pitch it at everyone yeah. um, because all of our member entities are all at a different maturity scale with their members. We've got some member organisations where they are just, they're just building their membership for the first time. You know, they're just starting to, to use this phrase compliance professional as well. But having said that, I think that really it's pitched it at, at our at our mid-range members who have experience, who know that these challenges are coming, who have 
had a bit of a go at trying to mitigate some of those risks already and would like to up um, their ability to anticipate um, some of these risks by collecting data from uh, experience internationally. So it's that whole, if you think you're ready to be looking outward and learning from those, then it's definitely the conference from you. It's a really good price point for the um, for the three days. I think it's about ends up about five hours a day. Um, it's what 115 Australian dollars for members. And if you can't stay up, they're all recorded, so they all will be available to attendees afterwards to view for about. We do have a limit on it with IFCA. I think it's for about a six to um, 10 week period post conference and then you can't access them later on um, but for that period if you miss anything it is recorded and and you can see it again so compliance in era of global complexity um, runs the 4th 5th and 6th of October um, and if you're wondering why I'm talking about this compliance professional month it's because we'll have that event then in between there we'll have some one-on-one events which you'll get more information about a bit later and then of course on the 11th of October is the GRC 2022 conference Pulse Points Delivering Strategic Compliance. Yeah. I'm so excited for everybody to to be a part of this conversation. That's right you yeah. know I mean the the Pulse Points conference over the last few years we have refined who our audience is for that conference and we really are pitching that at our more experienced members the ones who want that regulatory interface the ones who are able to design the compliance framework structure so talking about that three lines of accountability and other leadership activities which doesn't mean to say that everyone can't attend you're all welcome to register but that's the sweet spot we're trying to hit for those members and then for the rest of the month we want to also provide some offerings for all our other members because we have people entering this profession all the time who need to really soak up that knowledge and I think we've discussed it before that um you know, I really regard our Certificate 4 as the absolute baseline, but we also appreciate that the Certificate 4 in Compliance and Risk is really covering the in-principle theory, um, working through some case studies mm-hmm. and and talking to your fellow professionals and talking to our really experienced facilitators and gaining from their knowledge. But at the end of the day, you walk out of there knowing how to build a compliance framework, conduct your risk assessment, do all those essential things, but then you're going to need to absorb all the knowledge about, well, what does your regulator want? What's their particular flavour? Um, how are you going to need to assess their priorities and shift things in yours? So it's all those extra bits on top. We we are trying to fill those gaps for you professionally with with things like this event and, and others that we develop. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Naomi. Um, I think we've given everyone a lot to think about. Um, and of course, this podcast is recorded, so you can come back and listen to it as many times as you need to if there's any bits you want some clarification on. And there will be more information about this in the podcast notes and links towards the IFCA conference. We'll have um, links towards the our GRC 22 conference, Pulse Points, Delivering Strategic Compliance for the, the October will be in this podcast notes as well. And if you keep watching this space, you'll also see some developments on the, the 101 events that will be happening in that in-between period between these two major events for the Compliance Professional Month. Yep, definitely. Thanks, Kami. Thanks, everyone.